DMs who are still getting the hang of the whole DM thing. So we sit down with a friend every couple of weeks and pick their brain on their approach to DMing. So come along as we figure out how to help our players have the best time possible at the gaming table. Hey folks, welcome to another episode of DMs of Vancouver. Uh, today we're talking about YVR DM. I... YVR Dungeon Masters? Yeah, Dungeon, Dungeon Masters. Dungeon Masters. Uh, okay. Today we were talking to Montana Rosal, uh, the, the founder of YVR Dungeon Masters. Yeah, that's right. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, thanks for having me on here. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, so where might... Let's get into a little bit into where <laughs> folks might already know you from if they're in Vancouver. and. Okay. Uh, your experience, uh, general kind of experience as a dungeon master. Cool. Uh, so I guess uh, my dungeon master experience, what people might know of me, is that I used to run uh, Dungeon and Dragons Fantasy Fun Night. Uh, it was like just like a way of introducing people into the game. I was running it outside of, uh, inside of Instant Studios. It's a local improvising uh, studio here that like teaches comedy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was doing that for a while, and a lot of people kind of, found out because i was advertising through the uh studios but also just because i was talking to people all the time uh they might have known me from a show i do called tell me your nightmare so it's a improvised podcast show so basically it's a live show where people tell them we get people send in their nightmares and a panel of judges read them out while me and another improviser act them out oh that sounds super interesting, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's a super good show. Um, the producer and the creator of the show uh, recently had twins, so we're just starting to like get it back up because she had to go through a pregnancy and, and then she couldn't do the show anymore. And all that stuff. Yeah, cool. yeah. but uh, you might also know me from doing stuff with the fictionals at the Rio. Uh, I'm a storyteller in Vancouver, so go up on stage and tell people's stories. I was at the uh, last one that I went to. I won first place. Uh, nice. No one could tell my lie. Uh, <laughs> the story uh, was about a sexual encounter that I had. Let's just uh, leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> I've heard really good things about the Fetchels. I haven't had a chance to check them out yet, though. I, I also see their advertising everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Super great people. Um, Staniel Chai, he's like fictionals. Everyone else kind of comes in and out of this show, but yeah, yeah. cool. So, tell us about uh, YVR Dungeon Masters. What is it? Why did you start it? Okay. Just, uh, let everybody know what it is. Okay, so basically, YVR Dungeon Masters. Uh, I created it because I was trying to find D and D games. I think everyone kind of understands how hard it is to find like just a consistent game or to find a game that you can relate to. So I created Dungeon Ma- YVR Dungeon Masters in a way of creating a community where there'll never be a point where it's impossible to find a game or it's hard to find a game. So a community of Dungeon Masters that come together and have a bunch of different kinds of games that they can give out to people so people will always be able to play Dungeons & Dragons. Cool. Uh, also, I just feel like as D&D is a community game, it's a very social game, and without us banding together and becoming a community, the game will stay stagnant. I mean, I'm sure people 
come in and out of it. But to actually have it be something that can really be a force to change people's lives, I think to really come together as a community. Yeah, because I've uh, that's one of the things that I've seen online are people who feel trapped with a, the group that they're with because mm-hmm. they, they only know one DM or a DM only knows like two or three or four people that want to play regularly. So having a place where DMs can go to be like, I'm looking to run a game or I, you know, I need some help with my game. Like creating that community, I think is, it's a really awesome idea. Yeah. Glad you've done it. Yeah. I I mean, I also like saw those kind of like maps, like trying to find a dungeon master in your city maps, Yeah, but they never seem to really work. Like there's never really, there seems to be like a loss of connection of knowing people's games that they want to play and also not knowing the quality of the game that you're going to get into. Yeah. You hear so many times of like the horror stories of like coming to a game and like the DMs constantly trying to kill the players. And it's just like, I just wanted to have some storytelling with my friends. Yeah. I didn't want to have to get beaten down by this guy. Yeah. Um, one thing, and I guess full disclosure to our listeners, me and Sean are both on YBR Dungeon Masters as well, uh, which is how we found out about Montana. But um, I really enjoy it because it's also a good place for DMs to go to ask advice for each other. Yeah. Um, and even if I like, if I don't need that particular advice, it's always nice to see it and let it kind of ruminate in my head as I go about my day. Yeah, for sure. How have you found that people have responded to it versus online spaces? Like, I know there's a, c- a couple of uh, subreddits that deal with like spe- there's a couple specifically aimed at helping out dungeon masters. Mm-hmm. Like there's one that'll help like there's DM Academy, which is meant to like help teach people the skills, like get them, get them the basics or help them out with trickier problems. Like, Oh, I've got a problem player, stuff like that. How does uh, the, this group compare with those kind of online spaces? Well, I feel like it's a little more of a, a face to face kind of connection. So YVR Dungeon Masters is like in the area of the greater Vancouver. So when you're actually telling people these things, you got it more of a sense of like, oh, these people kind of know where I'm coming from since you're in the same community that I'm in. So when you're giving these things out, you kind of feel more connected. And that kind of gives them a little more sense of community of being able to trust the information that you're going to get. So I feel like in that sense that you can get a little bit more from just like talking to someone that may be in like two blocks away from you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, it's, it's super useful to like have the people on the, the group be able to refer you to places that they have been to and that are also local to you. Right. Exactly. And like online stores are great and there's a bunch of them that are like good resources, but like, you know, being able to support some brick and mortar stores in town is also really nice. And like, you know, having like our buddy craig who's on the group too suggest you know going to i mean previously starlight citadel or wherever is handy like it's more useful than you know oh go check out this online dice shop which you know you can't handle the product beforehand you can't really look at it the same way yeah and like i in the future i'm kind of like looking you know you comment on this you comment on that and then we have like a group, like an event where we have Dungeon Masters come together and you're like, oh, that person, I remember they said some pretty good stuff. You know, I'm going to go there. I'm going to try and ask them some questions personally and be like, hey, yeah. So then everyone can kind of generate these more creative ideas from just like sitting down, conversating with more people. And yeah. that 
you know that you're actually going to meet these people in real life. So uh, tell us a little bit more about just making a community of DMs in a city. Like, How do you go about doing that? What are some of the challenges that you faced trying to get that all set up? Uh, yeah, so it's really about getting people engaged, right? Uh, so there's one thing just like creating a group and getting people to add to a, like a Facebook group. But another thing is like keep people wanting to be engaged with other dungeon masters. We all get busy in our lives and obviously we're dungeon masters. So we're always creating and we always have like games going on and ideas going through our head. So one of the big things that uh, me and Lauren, uh, someone that has actually come on board and helped me kind of do, he's like the other half of like probably like a little more managerial part of it. He's helped me kind of keep people engaged. Uh, we talked about having events for dungeon masters just to play together because one of the things that's really hard for a dungeon master is to actually play the game most people just like tend to just dm and never get to be a player so it's always nice to have like events where a bunch of dungeon masters sit around play a game of DD, kind of talk to each other get to know each other's backgrounds and you really need a sense like a community that people have your back and that you feel open enough to create and be able to share your creations with people. So that's pretty difficult. It's just like keeping people engaged. But the one thing that you need to understand is that as dungeon masters tend to feel we're mostly introverts, but it doesn't mean that we don't want to have friendships and connections just like anyone else. That's why knowing that when you have a dungeon master community they can go to and have a conversation and talk with without knowing feeling the pressure of like continuously needing to engage with people but like the the funnest things have been to getting dungeon masters together for meetings of like this is what we're doing this is what we want from it how do you guys see this shaping in vancouver because it's not that I just want to create Dungeon Masters coming together and just hang out, but I want to make it so Vancouver becomes the mecca of Dungeon Dragons. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds amazing, actually. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're, we're so close to the source, too, right? It's just a couple hours south, and we're at Wizards, so it's... Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for, for a second, I thought you were talking about, like, where gary gygax and like where it was originally based i'm like a really weird interpretation of geography <laughs> oh man i wish i wish like geneva was closer being able to go to gen con sometimes without it costing us thousands of dollars would be nice yeah that is definitely on my bucket list is getting to gen con at least once because yeah. that that definitely seems like if you're a dungeon master and you like especially if you're if you're running a podcast about dnt we should at least try to go once yeah, yeah. um so uh, one thing I've noticed from being on the group is that the the group is always very seems to be very aware of the members who are running a lot, like more than everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, specifically, Craig Chapman, who <laughs> essentially does it full time. Yeah. Um, and uh, I really appreciated seeing people be like, "No, we're going to hold these events. You're not running anything. You're going to be a player because you never <laughs> get the chance to play." Uh, and it, it was really great to see that and like see that it's like it is forming a really I think solid community. How long how long has it been up? uh for like the past eight months something like that yeah uh almost a year yeah so in less than a year it's already a community you guys have had a couple of meetings which i have sadly not been able to attend um 
and like set up some events and that's that's really cool for something that's you know only a year out yeah yeah uh we actually just start we're hosting a game uh for Stormcrow uh tavern and like their employees the female employees to have like a female dungeon and dragons game there um uh, that might start kicking off uh, a full-time event uh, for them but for now it's just for them uh that's like kind of been a pretty cool achievement so far we haven't they had to because of emergency couldn't do it but we're rescheduling for another time very cool yeah that sounds really awesome yeah i think that's that's the kind of thing that i like to see people doing is people trying to make sure that this is a hobby that includes everybody Mm -hmm. because i mean it's one of the things that makes me not want to call myself like a geek or a nerd or anything like that because i've been big into star wars for the longest time like that's what my biggest thing was growing up and like now i'm really big into dnd i'm also like a programmer at my day job so these are a couple of spheres of geekdom that unfortunately for the longest time have just been kind of the bastion of you know white dudes and i'm really happy to see people trying to make that more inclusive to include you know women people of color lgbtq like in making sure that this is something that everybody can enjoy because you know i think kind of the whole deal with our podcast and people who really enjoy D is they know how fun it is and and also it gives people we've talked about this on some of the other episodes how it can be a place for somebody to explore facets of themselves or to like maybe help them deal with things like there's i saw something online this was a while ago like there was somebody who'd gotten out of prison and he started running a game and that's Mm. what helped keep him out of prison was helping him form like social bonds with people that helped keep him out of the kind of um, areas of his life that had sent him to prison in the first place and yeah so i just think that having more people out there making this a more inclusive thing is just super awesome for sure yeah and like it's having the community is also great because you can you know what dms in the group to recommend to certain groups who come in like you know who might be a good recommendation for someone who's you know just starting to play and wants an ongoing campaign as opposed to somebody who wants to like have a drop-in game just to try it out for the first time and also the resources to ask around and you know find out who's available for what yeah so we've kind of mentioned him a little bit already, but Craig Chapman has kind of moved into doing like DM for hire. So what are your thoughts on people who do like DM for DM for hire basically versus the people who just do it for fun? Like most people, because I know Craig Chapman is definitely not the first person to get paid to DM. Like I've heard stories online of people who have been paid because either there's um, a group of people who just can't find a DM um or for some people it's easier to know that they'll get a quality long-running campaign or they'll get exactly what they want out of the game when they know that when they're when they're paying for what they want basically rather than just dm take us on a journey yeah um so what are your what are your thoughts on that and and what kind of place that has in the community that you're building well uh we did actually have a meeting with all the dungeon masks well everyone that could attend we talked about chat craig was there uh a guy named philip was there and also a guy named tim you guys might have heard about him uh, the gm tim uh craig has definitely mentioned him to me before yeah, yeah. so they were all three of them were there uh and i think there was another person that was just starting up doing a uh, dm for hire and uh i mean that makes sense that if you're gonna have something very quality you're gonna have all these things set in place 
that someone gets paid for. It's a lot of time and effort to like build encounters and write stories and create NPCs to like have fun, but also have miniatures that you spent hundreds of dollars to be able to get. Yep, I've got a a whole IKEA like drawer set full of miniatures at right. home, <laughs> and I need to start playing again so I can use them and have my girlfriend stop looking at them like she wants to sell them. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, just like if you have all of the elements of what makes a game great, why wouldn't you pay someone to do it? You'd pay for someone to like write you an episode of a TV show or a sketch on like a live stage or anything like that. Someone who's putting their services forward should also get paid and recompensated for that. But even at that meeting, there was a bunch of people that were like, I don't want to get paid to do this. I just want to have fun. I want to be able to have players consistently so I can try out all these ideas and figure out new stories. So I really feel like in our organization that you can will have events for paid DMs, but we'll also have events to be able to cater to people who just want to have fun and play a free game. Of course, depending on what kind of quality you want, <laughs> depends how much money you want to put into it. Yeah, I think one of the things that I've seen is there's been... I've seen people push back against the idea of getting paid to DM, but the thing, like, it's kind of always made sense to me from the first time I heard about somebody getting paid was that because I've played a couple of games, but I spent most of my time in D&D being a DM. And so I've just thought about, like, how much time I've put into the campaign that I've run, which just ended uh, just before Christmas. It was a almost a two-year campaign. And that's two years of me spending a, like in a homebrew campaign. So a lot of time of me spending, you know, finding art for when we were playing on Roll20 or figuring out encounters, like all of that stuff that goes into making the next session fun and enjoyable and also trying to figure out a way to bring it to a close without everybody going, well, that was disappointing. <laughs> and I think it's it might be also one of the things that like, I'm curious if you're thinking of doing if part of the reason for getting more events with paid DMs is to kind of normalize the idea because, and making players understand just how much, you know, a really enthusiastic DM, how much work they put into running the game. Because I think it's something that I've seen is people don't sometimes don't understand just how much work goes into being a DM mm -hmm. sometimes. I mean, even if you're running from a module, you still have to spend time. I mean, a, good DM should spend some time at least reading ahead to understand like what are some of the encounters coming up? What do these maps look like? How am I going to present it to them? Uh, how am I going to put my own spin on this thing? Because we're all creative people and we like to do that. Sure. So I don't really know where I'm going with this, but I feel like, uh, I think I know where you're going. So like I, what I, how I see it is just like any kind of artist. Uh, there's artists that just do it for fun. There's artists that get paid for it. And if you really, I really would like it to be normalized to so people be like, instead of this is just like a game. No, you're, you're living someone's art. Like they're creating this like whole system for maybe it's has more numbers than most art does, but it's still an art form to be able to create a story and cater it to a group of people that maybe you've never met before. And maybe we've never hung out or talked to each other, but you're creating this entire thing so that they can live it. They can create the story and be living in this world. And I do believe that 
just like any art, other art form, this should be normal for people to do. If you want to get paid doing your art, you should get paid for it. Yeah. It's kind of like the same thing around being a video game designer where you're trying to, you know, a video game designer tries to build a world or levels that bring you into the game and make it really fun. Mm-hmm. DM is doing the same thing. It's just they're also doing it right there in front of you as you're playing the game. <laughs> it's not a finished product that you go and consume. It's something that you're building with them. But yeah, there is a lot of work that they put into it. The same as a video game designer or a writer for a TV show or anybody who's creating something for you to enjoy is that you just get to see the last piece of creation happening there with you at the table. Because, you know, if you roll three criticals in a row on what was supposed to be a really tough fight, <laughs> then they've got to roll with those punches. So it's a, it's a different form of entertainment, but because it, it's, you know, a lot more uh, interactive than even a video game can be. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, there's still somebody who has to put a lot of work in to make that fun possible. So, yeah. and like, I think I would like to have Craig on again to like talk about it at some point because he's talked to me about the work that he does. And it's not like he's sitting there and just doing one adventure a week. He like he works overtime, like he probably works more hours both between running and setting up than I do at my day job. (laughs) Like the guy puts so much work in and I can't speak for the other two. I've never met them, but I imagine it's similar for them. Right. Like. I think some people, when they think of paid DMs, especially the people who object, are like, oh, well, they're just doing one campaign and they're just putting in the same amount of work as every other Dungeon Master. And no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there's, yeah, there's there's definitely a lot there to talk about. Yeah. Um, but I think we should get back to... Well, you know, the initial question, we were also talking about running free games. And I think that's uh, a good thing to come back to because it's, I think it's important to talk about paid dms in their place but i think it's also important to talk about free games or pickup games or uh, games designed for people who just want to try it out and maybe you know don't have the 20 bucks to throw into it um would you like to talk a bit about or games you've organized or games you're looking to organize yeah so i am looking to organize uh bringing back uh dungeons dragons fantasy fun night in some capacity um my love for this game has been getting other people to fall in love with this game because for me i came from a place of uh i was like depressed and i didn't know where i wanted to do with my life and i went in to buy a comic book and there were some people playing something in a back room and i was like what's what's that and i found dungeons and dragons and it changed my life forever and that's something that i want to give to people so when you so I need, there needs to be free games. There needs to be just games that people are just like, yeah, I have a bunch of friends. We get together. You want to come see what it's like? Yeah. Come hang out. Come play. So I think it's so important to be able to have free games as well as paid games. Because mm-hmm. it does set those two different levels. There's, hey, yeah, we're all having fun. But there's a next level to playing Dungeons and & Dragons. And if you want to pay for this, you can get to that next level. And I, I guess kind of somewhere in between the the paid dm like somebody like craig who's running however many games it is that he's running yeah 30 plus (laughs) and the the free the 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 dm who just wants to run free free games are the something that we've kind of seen an explosion of since critical role has Mm -hmm. really taken off as people doing it on twitch and that's kind of a feels like kind of a weird space where like the dm is probably getting like might be getting some uh, paid because they're running the Twitch stream, but they might be sharing that money with the players. So it becomes more of a 
director and actors kind of thing. But I'm trying to turn this into a tangent <laughs> that um, <laughs> because of stuff like uh, Critical Role and other podcasts and Twitch streams and people putting actual plays on YouTube. Um, and I think also there's definitely been a push from Wizards of the Coast to make this a little bit more um, enjoyable for somebody who doesn't like, I think previous editions of D and D or maybe like, I'm not sure I didn't play much 3.5, so I don't know what, how hard that was to get into, but my experience getting into fifth edition was that it was fairly straightforward. There wasn't a lot of like, there wasn't any weird math or anything like that. It was, you sat down, you read through a small little book in the beginner's box, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I get all of this. This all makes sense. And we've seen kind of an explosion, or at least an uncovering of all these people who enjoy D&D. Like, some of these people might have just been playing in, you know, in their mom's basement or together with some friends in their apartment, but now it's a lot more visible. And I'd like to hear your thoughts on just how this hobby is apparently just taken off like a rocket in the last few years and how that relates to what you're trying to do with YVR Dungeon Masters. Yeah. When I first actually got into Dungeons & Dragons about three years ago, uh, just right after 5th edition came out, and I have played 3.5 Pathfinder and stuff like that since then, but when I first started getting into it, uh, it was Critical Role started getting big, I started noticing that just being a nerd, quote unquote, is becoming more acceptable. But still, there's like a barrier between mainstream and then just like people being like, yeah, I know I play Dungeons. Oh, I've heard someone play Dungeons and Dragons. Like, I want to be get to that next level. So we're at the point where things are being created. Uh, things are getting established with Dungeons and Dragons and just like geekdom. But with YVR DMs, I wanted to get to that next stage, at least in Vancouver, where everyone knows someone that has a Dungeons & Dragons game going and that they have an easy access to get into it and just play, you know? So that's what I really want from YVR Dungeon Masters is to really make this community so that everyone is like feels comfortable being like yeah so i run three dungeon and dragons games on the weekends uh yeah then i also play some sports blah blah, blah. oh yeah you guys want to watch the fight and then go play some dnd kind of thing <laughs> like that's kind of where i want to get to yeah like it's it's something that i've noticed as well that at my at previous jobs like i ran a game for a couple of people at a previous job and there was probably, and I, I know that there were other people at that job that played D&D because now I've met, like I'm closer friends with uh, Joe and some other people who are part of this network. And I think a few years before that, I wouldn't have, it's not something I would have thought about. Like, you know, I knew I was interested, but it was just this like, I don't know how to ask if anybody's interested. And now my current job, I know of at least three people who play D&D in this small company of like 20 people. So it's definitely become something that I don't think it was ever really a stigma because like geek culture is kind of I, I'm talking as a geek. It's always been kind of cool <laughs> to me. So I always knew people who were at least a little bit into it. Um, but I think it's something that people are like a little bit more open to being like, hey, do you? do you play D&D? Like, let's maybe get a group together. Like, it's not a, like, oh, I'm all alone in this. People are starting to realize that it's something that a lot of people seem to like doing. Brief anecdote. I was it in Lush with my wife earlier today, and uh, 
both I don't remember how it came up, but both of the the ladies working there both played D and were like talking to me about it. So it was it's uh it's it's gone, I think, a lot bigger and like yeah, people are more willing to just talk to a random person like coming into their store about it or whatever, and it's it's really lovely. But also I think kind of relating back to like connecting people and stuff in the community, Vancouver has kind of a reputation within the city of being kind of unfriendly to each other yeah. and uh unfriendly to new people it seems like I, that's what i've heard is that people coming from elsewhere in canada or elsewhere in the world like i've heard that people what i've heard is that people say that once you've found a group of friends it's awesome but finding that group of friends is tough yeah, yeah making friends in vancouver is yeah. the hardest thing to do yeah and i i think it comes to uh, a saying i've seen a couple of times where it's, it's not so much that people are unfriendly but it's a city of introverts <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it, it's really great that we, like, you've set up this community where people can talk to each other just so easily. And, like, we don't always have to meet in person. You don't have to go to the meetings if you don't want to, but that resource is still there for you. Mm-hmm. And um, I really appreciate it. Thank you. No, oh, thank you. Yeah. One thing I've, like, found out in, like, this entire time I've played Dungeons & Dragons is that there's a lot more people interested in playing Dungeons & Dragons than, like, the media, I guess, fake news makes us believe. Uh, because every single time I've, like, pretty much every single time I've, like, been like, they're like, oh, yeah, so uh, what do you like to do, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I, play, I do improv. I play Dungeons & Dragons. And they're like, what? wait, what? You play Dungeons & Dragons? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm a dungeon master. Like, wow, I was talking to my friends about this. I was trying to find a dungeon master. <laughs> and, like, so do you run games and blah, blah, blah? And they start asking questions or at least sometimes it's like yeah oh you play dungeon i also play dungeon and dragons i haven't played since i was like 10 or something my brother played it and i wasn't really allowed to and i, I kind of want to play it now uh or like i'll just get people that are like yeah i have a character a rogue tabaxi or something like that <laughs> yeah but like i never get oh you play dungeons and dragons get away from me yeah it's never happened yeah, like when I picked up the the fifth edition uh, beginners box set, uh, I picked it up because I'm like, I've had this idea in my head since I was in high school. I want to finally uh, get it out of my head, get it into a game of D and D, and see what happens. And I pick up the box set, and I think within a week, I had two groups of people that wanted to play because I mentioned I mentioned it to one person at work and that t- suddenly turned into a, a group who wanted to play at work and I mentioned it to somebody at a party and all of a sudden I had a group of people that I met at that party that wanted to play and it's just like okay cool I'm running two games now I guess <laughs> which was an interesting introduction into D&D seeing how two di- very very different groups will play the exact same scenario mm-hmm. um it was fun. Um, but yeah, seeing like, and I think I, because of the podcast and because of, I think because of the podcast and telling people about it, like I'll mention to people at work or people that I'll meet out at events and stuff that, yeah, I'm on this podcast. And I, you probably ran into a bunch of this when you were at PodCon is like people like realizing like, oh, you're on a and d podcast. Do you know somebody that'll run a game for me? Will you run a game for me? <laughs> like... I think I think it's one of those things that it's it's kind of seeped into like the pop culture enough with stuff like Community did an episode yeah. of D&D which is kind of a really touching episode uh Stranger Things kind of had mm-hmm. like, kind of has D&D at its core with the main monster being the demigorgon 
And it's kind of like seeped into pop culture enough that people are like, oh, yeah, D&D, that thing that people were, you know, terrified of in the 80s or whatever. <laughs> Everybody seems to like it. So and then when they hear somebody's like, oh, I run games for my friends, like, oh, you maybe run a game for me and my friends. Like it's, it's definitely becoming something that more people are curious about. And I'm excited to see that continue to roll and snowball into something really big and huge. Um, and I think where I'm trying to get with, to, with this <laughs> is how do you see YFR Dungeon Masters in that, like, how do you see it playing into that, like, snowball effect of D&D just becoming bigger and better and uh, engaging more of the community here in Vancouver? Well, uh, how I see it snowballing is that in my head, YVR Dungeon Masters is the beginning point. But soon we're going to spread we're going to have one in calgary and edmonton you know new brunswick uh nunavut it's <laughs> just everywhere i want it to like i want this to be duplicated i want there to be a new jersey dungeon masters i want there to be more and more like i think that if we can make it big in vancouver other people are going to see it and be like oh this works we can have a group of dungeon masters in a city that comes together and we can have games all the time. And this can be a normal, this could be like the new Fortnite. <laughs> like we can make this into something huge. And I really feel like the reason why Dungeon and Dragons is becoming more popular is because we're getting a pushback on technology. That's kind of funny saying this on a podcast, <laughs> but, uh, but I feel like there is like a sense of people being like, we're not connecting enough and we're on our phones too much. We're too looking down instead of looking into each other's eyes and experiencing things together. So I feel that YVR Dungeon Masters will snowball very easily into something massive. So YVR or Dungeon Masters of Canada, you know? <laughs> Then Dungeon Masters of the North America, <laughs> Dungeon Masters of the World. <laughs> <laughs> we have revealed your true intentions. <laughs> I mean, uh, we're just a friendly organization. <laughs> so, is there uh, anything else that you'd like to to touch on with YVR Dungeon Masters? Where you'd like to see it go? Um, anything you'd like people to know about it? Um, yeah. Um, so right now we're still in the collecting phase and kind of cultivating the community within the Dungeon Masters. Most likely by the time this episode comes out, we'll have at least one event come up and ready to go. So when someone comes, what I want people to know is that when you come to Vancouver, look up Dun YVR Dungeon Masters. If you want to play a game of D&D, &D, uh, go on to the, the page uh, that we'll have set up and try and find a game i think that people tend to think that like oh i'm on vacation it'd be great to play a game of D, &D. Well, that's why we're here so if you want to come to vancouver you want to play some dungeon dragons look us up and how can people find the community and the page uh just look up yvr dungeon masters uh it'll be on a page not the group uh we'll have a group set up pretty soon but look up for the page and if you want more information on like games in Vancouver or things that are Vancouver related and dungeon math and D&D uh, &D related, go to Vancouver DM at Twitter. All right. 
Um, and sorry, the page is on Facebook, correct? Page is on Facebook. Yes. And the Twitter is DD Vancouver. All right. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, uh, it's, I think it's great to hear more from people who are trying to get more people into this hobby. Yeah. Please. Thank you guys for doing this podcast. I know that when I was looking for resources, uh, it's kind of hard to find podcasts to relate to. I mean, we really started this because we wanted to get better at DMing. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's it's interesting, right? Because when you run for your friends, and they're also the people that you you generally talk to about whatever you're doing, it is then hard to talk to them about games you're running because if they're playing, you can't do that. You need to find someone else to talk to, and uh, so DMs of Vancouver has partially been us talking to each other about what we're we're doing, either on or off microphone, and the other people who come in. But now I think YVR Dungeon Masters really works for that purpose too. DMs can talk to each other, mm-hmm. bounce off ideas off of each other, and I, I'm looking forward to actually interacting with that as a resource more often. Nice. So thank you so much for coming on. This has been great. Um, been fighting with the technology a little bit because we're first time recording in the studio. Yeah. Um, do you have any events that'll be coming out? Uh, February 13th, uh, I will be with my friend show uh, that I didn't produce. I'm in it. Uh, it's called Dick Spacey. It's an improvised radio play. The spy-fi radio play. Okay. Nice. I'm into it. Okay, uh, well, let's wrap up. Uh, DMs of Vancouver is recorded today at Cave Goblin Studios in on the unceded territory of the Coast Salish people. Uh, thanks for listening. Our music is usually start with the art. Sorry, <laughs> I just wanted to add the thing. Um, our music is Overworld by Kevin McLeod. Our art is done by the wonderful Haley Boros. Uh, we've got a Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. You get access to episodes a week early, although that might be changing and we'll be merging with the Cave Goblin one. So, yeah. In which case, uh, Cave Goblin Studios has a Patreon. All of the money going towards that helps us pay for basically coverage for all the shows and then eventually, hopefully, like technology stuff and solutions for the studio. Uh, we all the podcasts better. Yes. Uh, I actually do have something else oh, that yes. I should plug. Uh, it's <laughs> actually my podcast, if you okay. guys don't mind. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's called The Late Party Podcast. Okay. So I host uh, comedians and actors from around Vancouver to play one-shots. Nice. Yeah. I have not heard of this, and I will have to add it to my list. The Late Party. Because <laughs> you don't have a giant list after coming back from PodCon already. Oh, like only 50 more additional shows or so, <laughs> which I need to talk to you about after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find us on Twitter at DMs of Vancouver. You can find me at Jesse the Red, and you can find Sean at Sean P. Hagen. And I'm fairly certain that's everything. We're yeah. part of the Cave Goblin Network, but we've mentioned that already. Yeah. Huge thanks to the Cave Goblin Network, and a huge thanks to Doug and Talia, who I went down to PodCon with, uh, who were wonderful roommates and table mates, and also all of the very kind people we met at PodCon who were genuinely interested in our show. And hopefully I will make it down next year, but if it's always going to be in January, that might be a little tough. We'll make it work or figure something out. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Hello, goblins. We want to know more about you, our listeners, so we can try to get some sponsorship to support our network and our creators. We love podcasting and putting out content, but it can be financially strenuous, as we're sure many of you know. Head to cavegoblins.com survey and answer some quick questions to be in the draw to win a $20 Amazon gift card. Doug Vandalay here for Comedy Zeitgeist on the Cave Goblin Network. Each week I sit down with a comedian to talk about their career and their comedic influences. 
Learn about your favorite comedians talking about their favorite comedians. That's Comedy Zeitgeist on the Cave Goblin Network. Hi, I'm Talia Murdoch, and I'm here to find out if you've ever asked yourself why Superman and Batman fight, or why Batman needs Robin in the first place. Get answers to these questions and more in the Everything Economics series about superheroes on the Cave Goblin Network.